Welcome to the Gen Z Show, the only show dedicated to young leaders and those who work with them to create a positive revolution that will inspire this generation to impact future generations. With your host, James McLean. Welcome to the Gen Z Show. I'm your host, James McLam. I'm here with my daughter, Sarah Bath. Sarah, how are you doing today? I'm doing really well. How are you? Doing fine. Listen, to today's episode is the second of a series of episodes we're doing on social media. And today, we're really talking about purging yourself on social media. Have you ever thought about what the benefits would be if you took yourself completely off of social media? Um, yeah, honestly, I did a little cleanse in high school. It was a cool thing actually to do a social media cleanse. And I think it's coming back mm -hmm. uh, where you just take yourself off of social media. Um, I didn't do well on it. I think it lasted like three days. Um, but I put, I made a whole post about it. I was like, you guys, I'm leaving social media. And then I like added myself back on pretty quickly. So I've thought about it. Um, but that wasn't but there's an interesting trend in that so many of your generation, Generation Z, seems to be pulling themselves off of social media. But at the same time, almost 75, 76% do not believe that social media is either net harmful to them or it or it has a positive effect on them. Almost 75%. So only about one out of every four think it's harmful, yet there's an overwhelming amount that are pulling themselves off of it. Why do you think so? Um, probably just because of the comparison game a lot of people play on social media where you mm. see everyone's picture-perfect um, little four by four square on your phone and you're like, wow, my life should be like that. And I think a lot of people are thinking, you know, um, you know, that's not good that I compare myself. So maybe they're pulling themselves off for that. Um, there's a lot of holistic approaches to life now. So that yeah. doesn't necessarily fall into that. Um, but I also think people don't want to admit that it's bad um, for mm -hmm. their self image and for their relationships. So I think there's that 75% where they're like, no, I'm not going to admit to it, but I see it kind of well, deal. Today's guest, Will Severins, wrote a book called uh, Gorge, in which it was an, his account of his attempt to pull himself off of social media and the benefits that he received from it, from really purging himself from it completely from all platforms. He tells us during our interview that the only platform he really uses now is LinkedIn, and that's for a professional standpoint, kind of having a, a professional profile uh, for business purposes, but no Facebook, no Instagram, no Snap, no TikTok, no Pinterest. Um, gosh, uh, those are the major ones there. There, there are more <clears throat> that keep coming up, but none of those. And then to talk about the benefits. And we really talk about at the end of the interview, a challenge to parents to help their child also get off of social media. So let's get to straight with our interview with Mr. Will Severance. Welcome to the Gen Z Show. I want to thank you for uh, joining us today and agreeing to be our guest. Yeah, thank you so much, James. Looking forward to it, man. Grateful for our mutual friend, Alex Demchek, who was just recently a guest on your show. Um, he's such a connector, you know, of, of people, and you've experienced that thus far. Um, and the fact that it led to this, I'm, I'm super grateful for and excited for this conversation today. 
Yeah, we had a great conversation with Alex, and and we were very very fortunate that we were able to to interview him and release the episode on the day of his the release of his book, The Sale. So I was excited to be able to do that as well. So of his uh, of his Wall Street Journal bestseller, <laughs> right. uh, the book, Wall Street the sale, Journal man. bestseller. Uh, yeah. that, that that we have uh, been picking on him about as 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 we've had conversations with him. So, but yeah, congratulations but to him and John Gordon. Yeah, maybe I'm sure the podcast had a had a hand in that. Maybe just lifted him right over the <laughs> yes. edge to Wall to yes. Wall Street. <laughs> I would love to be able to confirm that. That would be good. That would be good. I have the exact same. Uh, this is totally artists is like going crazy, but I have the exact same. Uh, Hydroplast, exactly man. the same one. Yep, exact same. Yeah. One. They're taking over, man. It's it's kind of like it seems like the evolution of the now gene. Um, now gene, very popular, and now hydroflas, and um, uh, I guess you got Yeti. I guess Yeti's in between those two. Yep. Well, our audience heard from me describe a little bit about you, but they always want to hear from our guests. They want to hear from our guests to tell them what they think is uh, our audience needs to hear about them. So, if you wouldn't mind, tell our Gen Z audience a little bit about Will. Yeah, guys, my name is Will Severns, um, friend of Alex uh, Demchek, if you listen to his podcast. He and I are actually co-founders together in a business we recently started, um, and I know we'll maybe touch on that later in the podcast. But in short, I live in Kansas City, uh, Missouri, which is kind of a tricky one. You say Kansas, that could or Kansas City, that could be Kansas or Missouri. So my wife and I live on the Missouri side, uh, but we love it here in Kansas City. I was born and raised in this area. Um, my wife, Lauren, and I have been married for six years, and we have two kiddos. So our son, Branch, is four years old, and our daughter, Winnie, um, is is two. So uh, yeah, man, just getting started on that parent journey. We're loving it. Um, like I said, I'm a co-founder alongside Alex with one of our businesses, but about three, a little over three years ago, actually, Lauren and I started our own content marketing company called Quill Creative. Um, so always kind of been in that marketing world. Uh, we launched out on our own. Uh, and so we did Quill like the pen, uh, mm -hmm. but we did QWILL. So we got my name in there. And so it's been super fun, man, with the writing centric content marketing um, for different businesses that then has kind of dovetailed into this other offering that then Alex and I have taken off on of helping others actually write and publish their own book. So Again, I know we'll talk a little bit more about that later, uh, but it also is part of what led you and I here today, James, you know, on one of the first books that I wrote um, and published and um, that obviously has to deal with social media. Uh, Alex picked up on it. He and I reconnected after we worked at a summer camp for years together. Um, and so that's what kind of got he and I started on this journey of helping others write and publish their book. Um, but as for the subject matter itself, um, yeah, man, it is. It's centered around social media, just this behemoth of a topic that mm -hmm. um, that is over all of us. You know, every day that we wake up, um, each of us are, uh, you know, social media is all around us. And it's crazy just because um, this topic of social media is based on something that is so good in community, you know, and obviously every day we interact with people in real life you know, whether it's our friends or family, um, but there is always this lingering digital component of community. And so I'm just grateful, man, that you're taking on this topic uh, uh, with a few worthy guests because um, maybe a couple worthy guests and then myself, I don't know how I was weaseled, <laughs> weaseled, <laughs> weaseled into well, the conversation. You, you talked about, grateful. you know, the first book that you wrote was kind of spurred because of, of, of social media and some, maybe the mm -hmm. effects it had on you. Give us a little bit of background on that because I think 
I think if we already perked some interest into, hey, what is he talking about here? So. Yeah, exactly. So uh, really, it was centered around this offering of helping people write and publish their book that I thought, man, if I'm going to help others do that, I want to know the process forward and back. And so, uh, man, it was around um, April or May of 2020 that I wrote and published uh, my first book, Gouge, uh, G-O-U-G-E. And uh, it's a short little guy, kind of a short resource book. You know, you could probably whip it up into a, a long blog post, you know, but um, uh, but I wrote it and published it in book form, not expecting anything really of it or any big marketing push. Uh, but since then, have gotten some really cool testimonials um, from a few who have read it. So I had been off of social media for about a year plus. And so I knew, hey, if I'm going to write this little short resource book, the question was, what would it be about? You know, could it be about parenting or fatherhood or these different things? But probably one of the more impactful things that I've done in the last few years, just in terms of my personal development and mental health, is delete a few of my kind of uh, core social media profiles that I had visited every day and, and grown over the last years and through high school and college. Um, so for me, it started with Instagram, you know, just some really kind of unhealthy um, I'd say behavior, but just kind of, you know, the temptation of and comparison and so much stuff that I'm sure your listeners are aware of. It's like, yeah, well, like we deal with that every day. Tell us something we don't know. And for me, it, I just kind of reached this threshold of like, yeah, but I'm so tired of dealing with it. And I'm tired of it affecting my, uh, my psyche and my marriage and my relationships. And so where it started with Instagram for me, then it was, you know, I actually, you know, uh, what would this look like for Facebook as well, just to mm. delete it cold turkey? And then it was Twitter. It was like, man, that place, you know, talk about uh, everyone. I think best I just heard it described as um, um, everyone in a everyone in a room screaming, you know, at the top <laughs> of their lungs. Uh, and so it was like, yeah, I'll throw Twitter out. Uh, kept one. I kept LinkedIn. And so uh, uh, we'll just preface and say we'd love to connect with anyone on LinkedIn at Will Severins. You can search me. And um, so I retained LinkedIn, obviously for some different work-related purposes, but yeah, man. So that's where this little book came from, Gouge, and uh, kind of just a resource for any individual I knew who was struggling with some of the same things in those social media platforms. I'd say, hey, I actually just wrote this little book. Um, and, you know, they'd come back at it. Whoa, you wrote a book? You know, they didn't really care how it was published or what the publisher was. They just knew that they had this new little resource to read. And man, last thing I'll say on it, James, is since then, I've probably had 15, 20 individuals reach out, which may not seem like a lot because uh, it's not, but um, probably 15 to 20 who have reached out with screenshots of their deleted profiles. And wow, um, just, yeah. And I've just thought, man, like that, again, wasn't the plan, but just so cool to see how some people, I think, just need that last little nudge, you know, if right. they've been thinking about it, like, oh, I'm going to delete my Facebook. Oh, I'm, I'm finally going to delete it today. Um, it helps to see someone who has done it be like, if they can do it, I can. Um, uh, so, yeah. Well, you know, we at, at, at Generation Ziggler, we over the last five years, six years, we, we've just conducted a lot of informal interviews where we ask uh, youth and from like mid-teens to mid-20s young people, what are the major issues facing their generation? It was originally uh, towards Gen Z, but now we're starting to get a few uh, questionnaires of, of kind of younger ones that are around 10 that are going to be the kind of that uh, transition generation to alpha. And the number one issue with social media that 
not social media, I'm sorry, self-image was the number one issue they struggled with. And when you dove a little deeper, you would kind of see that that was precipitated a lot by social media. But here's something that kind of just blew me away. There was a Pew study that was done a few years ago that where they said that 45% of all the teens that they interviewed, 45% says that social media did not impact them either positively or negatively. 45%. Break it down a little bit farther. They said 31% said that social media was positive. So if we add those two numbers together, we're up now around 76% that say either it doesn't affect me at all or it affects me positively. Only 24% said that it was negative. What is your thoughts on that? Let's land there first and kind of lay that out. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the some of the parents may want to rewind what I just said with those stats and and, and listen to it again. But yeah. 76% said doesn't affect me at all or it's positive. Yeah, absolutely. And man, those are crazy statistics and, and fun t- uh, to kind of base um, some of this conversation on. Uh, because what I will say about um, my book gouge and it's funny it came out i released that book a few months before uh the social dilemma came out on netflix mm-hmm. so man whether it's social dilemma there are so many books and resources out there that are statistics heavy um that talk about the ramifications and so forth for me it was just it was such a personal like i don't i'm i don't know if i have a statistic in my book you know it was such a personal conviction and i think that that's what i would say um Uh, as it relates to those statistics is like social media is such a personal thing, you know, um, I like the way you said that. Yeah. It's different for everyone. And so what I talk about in my book gouge is like, I know for a fact that like, there's so many great components of social media. Um, and part of the reason that I had to delete it for me was because I loved it so much. Um, it was because I, I did fall in that 76 plus percent that just said, this is incredible. Like I am a connector. I love being connected to people. Um, I can connect to people all I want all day long in this thing, you know? And like, that is why I had to say, (laughs) then I got to go to the complete opposite end of the spectrum because, um, and you know, you get into the question of, am I addicted? Are we all addicted? I think maybe less than, am I addicted to my phone? It was more so I was addicted to the affirmation that my phone (laughs) presented every day. And that, you know, that gets into social dilemma, the push notifications and Instagram and Facebook and the slot machine effect, you know, of Mm -hmm. if you're aware of that component of every time you refresh, there is a chance that you get a notification or a friend request. And so for me, it became, does the good outweigh the bad? And, uh, Again, does the 76% outweigh the 24% bad? And to me, it was just that question of back and forth. So I do not blame anyone for being on social media or remaining on social media. I think it's awesome. Like, I wish that I had the self-control to interact on social media the way that it was probably intended to from the first place. And so, again, it's it's why um, our mutual friend now, Chris Martin, wrote an awesome book, Terms of Service. Uh, so kind of where I took the nuclear option of, nope, I'm deleting it. Uh, Chris in his awesome book takes a stance of, Hey, I like how he puts it, uh, with social media and society, we're not, we can't put this toothpaste back in the tube. You know, it's, it's, it's not going back in. And I love that analogy because it's so true. Like 
who knows what uh, form and shape social media might take in the years ahead. Uh, but for the time being, I think it's such a personal thing where you have to ask and be very honest with yourself. Like, is this making, is this making you a better person? Is this helping you psychologically perform better, connect with others better, all these different things. And if you can honestly answer with yourself, yes, like I don't really have a problem with it. It is just a connect. And like, absolutely. That's what social media was intended for. That's kind of how I was able to stay on something like LinkedIn. I was like, I connect with others on here. Like mm -hmm. my interactions on LinkedIn are mostly positive. Like for me in a weird way, I think LinkedIn is maybe a bit of an aside, but I think LinkedIn, uh, I think Twitter had, um, I think Twitter had, has maybe, depending on who you ask, great potential. I think LinkedIn takes some of the potential that maybe Twitter had and implements it in some cool ways. And it just so happens that some people hear LinkedIn and they think suit and tie business person. Right. Yeah, um, I agree with that. Yeah. yeah you know, uh, so yeah, I mean, there's different ways to slice it. Ultimately, it's, it's a very personal thing um, for anyone out there and for anyone listening to this show. Well, Gen Z, this generation, this current generation of youth that we're going to say is all the way down to around 10 years old, maybe younger, they're obviously consuming more online content than any other generation. Um, millennials or, you know, X, boomers, they're, they're just doing more and they prefer more visual over text-based content. Now, immediately, that's probably going to be a harsh reality for you because you're like, hey, I'm in the business helping people publish books and this new generations doing visual. So their main apps are YouTube, which I'll admit I'm a YouTube probably addict. I can yeah. get on YouTube and just, it, it just flows through. Um, Instagram, obviously, because that's Instagram was made that way. And then Snapchat, which we know projections are that probably sometime this year, TikTok will overtake all three of those and will, be bigger there there is I, I seen once i have saw seen one stat that said that tiktok was currently more visited more daily than google people were using tiktok more than they were using google now think about that for a moment because google is not only a a site a place a an app it's a verb <laughs> you google things it'll make a difference you know what site you're on so you know, we got all those youth that are that are going over it, and they don't think it's really affecting them. Mm -hmm. As someone, if you're if someone was working with youth and they came to you and they said, it, "You know, how how do I help them see this?" I'm gonna put you on the spot here and and say, you know, somebody's coming to you and said, "How do I help them see some of the issues that they could come?" What would you say to them? What would you? Uh, some, yeah, so, there. yeah, some of the issues that could come as it relates to any one of those specific platforms or just social media usage in general. Social media uses in general. And if you want to break it down to platforms, I think that would be uh, that would be mm -hmm. helpful as well, because each one of those. Yeah, I, here's the thing. I heard a, a kid one time say, well, it can't be harmful for me. I'm not paying anything for it. It's free. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you are paying something for it, too, mm -hmm. uh, you know, because yeah. they're wanting your attention and then they're selling your usage to advertisers so yeah yeah so i great question man and i think also james probably under underlying this whole conversation from gen z to millennial to boomer to whoever uh we are all in this figuring out this social media thing together mm -hmm. you know i think that that's part of the problem is like you've got boomers millennials trying to teach 
uh, Gen Z and like you said, age below how to use it when we're trying to teach ourselves how to use it and engage and steward these things. So in that regard, you know, um, it's, it is, it's like, who, who am I the affirmation addicted individual to tell someone else to tamper there? So, man, I think there's just yeah. a lot of, there's a lot of patience involved. Um, you know, someone comes up to you and how do you, you know, how do you, to your question on how do you guide someone through the dangers? So I forget if you and I had touched on this in a previous conversation, but I love this quote. I love this idea surrounding tough topics like social media usage is um, there's a quote I love and it's based on a painting called, uh, oh man, I didn't even think about this. Uh, we got a connection here. It's the boyhood of Raleigh. Are you familiar with this painting? I am not, but you've piqued my interest on it. Yeah. So the boyhood of Raleigh is a great painting. And I read about this in a book um, by author uh, uh, James, Jamie K. Smith, who wrote You Are What You Love. It's a great book. Um, and in it, he describes this painting um, and he has it in his book called The Boyhood of Raleigh. And it's a sailor and he's got two boys in front of him and he's pointing out to the sea. So it's a really cool, uh, uh, um, it's a really cool painting, but he accompanies the painting with a quote and he says, don't teach a boy how to build a boat. He says, teach him to long for the sea. And man, I love that. And I would say any, you know, teacher or, you know, uh, a leader of youth out there, um, or if you are, you know, part of the youth, it's, it's that longing for the sea, longing for something that is good you know, don't instruct someone how to build a boat, you know, and oh, don't spend that much time on TikTok or don't, you know, only be on social media three hours a day, you know, or parents that are going, I'm going to limit, limit you to an hour. It's like, well, kids have, you know, ways of getting around that hour. Oh yeah. All, oh yeah. You know, all these different components. And I think we beat ourselves up over, it's like, how do we teach them? Like you said, the potential dangers of this, you know, it's like, for me, if someone tried to say, when I was in, sixth grade or seventh grade will do not spend that much time on AOL instant messenger. You know, I would have said, what are you talking about? Like, I'm just talking with my friends the way that we know how, you know, and they're like, yeah, but you're on it like two to three hours a night and you're just texting back and forth with these people. And you have these weird AOL usernames. And I'm like, yeah, this is like just what we're doing. This is just how we communicate, you know? And so I think you try to put yourselves in their shoes of, try to tell a kid to get off TikTok or Snapchat. They're like, but that's how I talk to Johnny. Yeah, and you're exactly. like, yeah, yeah. But like years down the line, like you may realize how harmful this was. And they're like, but I want to invite Johnny over after football practice, you know? And so I think with that being said, it's even, I think this conversation, James, surrounding the metaverse and we are getting so did, you know, it, again, toothpaste in the tube, man, it's not going back in. It's only becoming increasingly more technological, so how do we instead instill a longing for real human connection? How do we establish rhythms, you know, in our lives that we might model for um, young future generations to say, guys, like these things, social media, these interactions over mobile, it's like they're good. But do you know what is great? You know, a, a, a backyard barbecue and inviting um, uh, your next door neighbors over on a summer evening and talking with them and you know, I think most recently with our uh, our four and two year old, these past few mornings and the weather's gotten nicer in Kansas City, we've been doing bird show out on the back patio. We have a nice little screen in back patio and we sit on our couch 
um, and we turn on the bird show and, and instead of them sitting in front of their TV watching, uh, uh, you know, Bluey or Little Einsteins, we watch the birds fly by in the morning and we give the birds names and we watch what they do and out of the bird feeder. And, um, and, and so those are the kind of things of, man, it's a, that's a longer solution. That is not a short-term fix of getting people off of social media or having them become less addicted, but it's instilling a long-term they're, they're planting long-term seeds so that one day they might realize, wow, like that's why mom or dad, or that's why my mentor prioritized those real life interactions over just instructing me on how to use these different technologies, even if they were just doing it out of good faith because they cared for my well-being. Right. Do you think there's one st uh, first step to help them understand that, 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 um, the problems and issue that you would recommend. I, I, I'm, I'm thinking about youth. First off, I, I didn't mean to laugh. So when you started mentioning AOL, well, I, I got to think, hey, if there's the Gen Z are watching this, they have no idea what AOL is. No idea. Is. No, isn't it so no weird? clue what that is. They have no clue what you got mail means, you know? Right. They have no, but, you know, that if we talk about that, that was the beginning of, of, of uh, training us to want to gravitate towards what social media does. Because you talked about the refreshing, gives you notifications, that gives you excitement. Ooh, something new is on here, something happening on here. So, you know, that was the same thing. You you popped up uh, AOL and it says, you got mail. You know, you are all like, ooh, somebody has sent me uh, something. Says. So what's the first step that, that, that a parent can use that someone who – is trying to work with youth today, what is the very first thing they can do to help them realize the pitfalls of it? Because we got 76% that are saying, eh, it's not bothering me at all. But we know that it is. I mean, it's, uh, Facebook released that study last fall. Fall of, for those of you who are watching this later, fall of, of uh, 2021, they released that study, their internal study that showed that they know that what they are doing on Instagram is causing a negative impact on on a youth self-image, specifically girls' self-image. Mm -hmm. So how do we, what is the first step that we can do? Yeah. Oh man, that's the question of the day. And it all it feels almost on par of the um the curing cancer question. And if I could answer both, it'd be great, but let's just focus on social media. Um the number one thing a parent can do uh, for their child uh, is to go online and order my book. No, I'm just kidding. Um, uh, uh, false. That's not number one. That's number two. Uh, but number one, and man, I I don't want to be a broken record. I do come back to it. The number one thing I think parents, mentors, leaders of people can do to explain the harmful effects of social media is to not actually explain those harmful effects at all, but actually show them a better way. Um, you know, and kind of like this analogy in my mind, it's uh, uh, cars. Another thing I don't know if Gen Z has seen, cars is in the Pixar movie, right? Fascinating, uh, you turn, to turn left, you have to turn right. You remember? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, 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 the drifting. Yeah, the drifting and how that was like, he couldn't really comprehend that of like, what do you mean to turn left? I got to turn right. And I think that that's the thing for parents. Um, again, leaders is 
don't don't shove that negative component of social media down a kid's throat because because what happens when you tell a kid not to do something you Uh, know it's like we all know that answer um we are all there and we all must be empathetic and sympathetic to the teenager situation again i i brought up aol and and for them it's snapchat and it's like you could either spend an hour talking to a kid about the pitfalls of social media or Mm -hmm. you could go online and buy tickets you know, to a base, to a local minor league baseball game and say, Hey, let's go to, let's go to the baseball game. And you know what? Here's a challenge to ourselves. When we get in the parking lot, we're going to leave our phones uh, in the glove compartment before we walk into the stadium. And they might go, yeah, you know, and they might go, Oh man, you know, but then it's, um, but then you go to the game, you leave the phones in the glove compartment, you have a blast, you buy them popcorn and, and cotton candy, and you take pictures with the mascot. And afterwards, you get back in the car, um, and and who knows? Maybe you talk about the memories of the game all the way home, and you forget that your phones are even in there. And you look at each other, and you go, "See, like, what was that all about? You know, like we just had a great moment." And so I think invariably, then you are maybe I think able to approach the conversation of like, I don't know, I don't know, man. It's you know, and you just t- you you just briefly touched on an issue when you said leave the phone in the cars, and then you said take photos with the mascot. My first thought was, well, how in the world did they take the photo? The phone was in the car. And that's the mm-hmm. that's the dilemma that we have now that so many parents are facing is, is that we're this is our all-in-one now. This is this does everything for us. This is my computer, this is my phone, this is my message center, this is my office, this is my camera, my ca- calculator, uh Good gracious, it, it does everything. I mean, there's not too much that this thing can't do. I can watch right. the news and find the weather for it. So that's a whole learning process. Well, we had a used to have a uh, b- before the the shutdowns and stuff happened. We had a outdoor leadership program where we take kids up backpacking for a week during the summer, and we would teach them some of our uh, leadership content, personal development content, to help them with self image and, and those types of issues. We struggled with this issue of whether or not we wanted them to keep their phones in base camp and not take them with them. And the reason is, is that how are they going to then document, you know, have those memories? Because you know, they got no pictures. Um, right, yeah. They, they yeah. got no way of, of, of taking pictures and stuff. So yeah. how, how are we going to do that? That, that's a you know we're, now we're getting really off on a tangent parents going hey I don't <laughs> no, know the ma- that. yeah the mascot thing was a great segue and yeah you maybe kind of called me out of will you can't take a selfie with a mascot if you don't have your cell phone and i then you've got the person walking around the stadium with the camera and they take your picture and they give you a but but who's ever gone to that website you know to actually look <laughs> up their picture right. so so that's not that's not really a good answer no man that's a great point it's and again, speaks to Chris Martin, and I think he so eloquently puts it in terms of service of how do you live amongst it in a um, life-giving way because we can't get away from it. And so, man, topic of the day. It is. It's, it's a difficult thing for them to understand. And, and I think if we could go back and, and, you know, not only, you know, I love showing them a better way, showing them the options to do this. Because, um, you know, your children are young and you've seen this. 
I know you've seen this. Parents of children like this, what are they doing when they're taking them somewhere? They're giving them already a screen to keep them occupied so they don't have to, you know, deal with them. And so even from very early on, we're not teaching them a better way. We're we're having them to learn to rely on the the stimulus they get from a, something visual, so, something that they watch, some yeah. game that they play. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I also love, you know, kind of that early teen, you know, preteen, you know, train them up and, you know, the way they should go. And, you know, or there's the phrase, um, you know, uh, of, you know, it's easier to build boys than it is to mend men. Um, and, and, and that is true. I think as it relates to this conversation, uh, I think there's a lot of adults right now that are, that are mending, you know, all across the world, whether it's social media, whether it's, a, it's, we all have our stuff and our junk that we're dealing with. But, um, so yeah, man, it's, uh, it's, it's patience. It's walking with younger generations, um, and kind of taking the stance of less of like, I'm the expert on phone usage and social media usage. Here's what you should do. And more so like, Hey man, like I'm struggling with this too. Like, what are ways that, what are, as a, as a 40, 45 year old, um, I just turned 30, but how can the 45 year old and the 12 year old come together and say, Hey, this is a good thing. Sometimes it's a bad thing. What if we found a better thing than all of these things, you know? So there really is such a ownership that older generations have to take, um, in this conversation, which is one interesting thing about the social dilemma piece. You know, that was the whole thing. It was people who quit their jobs because they felt bad of what they created, right. you know, and, and they couldn't, they really, that is, you know, guy who made the like button, you know, or these people that then got out because they knew. And it's like, man, there's, there's something there too. Well, I mean, if, if parents would just, and those who work with youth would just uh, research how tech giants, you know, some of the ones who are leading this whole, these industries, how they as parents will not let their children engage in these and on the very apps, the very products that they are selling, they know the dangers enough to realize that there is not here. All right. Yeah. One last, one last big question here to do for what have you seen personally as a benefit to gouging yourself, getting it away? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, um, you know, that title gouge, it was, uh, kind of there's like the scripture of, um, you know, one eye causes you, you know, gouge it out. And mm -hmm. we hear that and we think, oh man, like that's pretty intense. Like actually, so for me, gouge, it was, uh, I think that kind of the online platform, you know, sometimes that we build for ourselves, it seems like as important as a third eye, you know, and it's like, Ooh. similarly, you just can't ever imagine actually getting rid of that eye because, and I talk about in the book, how it was, I, I'd grow my Instagram falling to around 900 followers you know, which is like this compared to the grand scheme of followings. And uh, in the book, you know, if someone doesn't buy the book, that's fine. I'll tell you kind of the impetus of it all was one of my good friends from high school was actually one of the first five employees at uh, ViscoCam. Um, if you know that app, VSCO, which uh, is kind of um, just a, a deep take on filters, you know, filtering your photos. But their app and, and their interface is really beautiful and well done and, and they exploded. And, and my friend had, you know, 20, 25,000 followers on his Instagram. And one day I went to go check 
check out his page or if he'd updated and his feed didn't uh, pop up. And, right. and I said, man, that's interesting. So I texted him and said, Hey dude, I noticed you're not on uh, Instagram anymore. And he said, he, he goes, yeah, man, um, this is where I might leave a cliffhanger on the couple reasons why he listed it. But I just thought if anyone should be on Instagram, it's my buddy. And the fact that he could unplug, it's like, there's no reason that I shouldn't be able to. And so, man, that week, pulling that plug, making that gouge, you know, action, I cannot tell you the mention, men, uh, mental and emotional, like health and freedom I felt from the get go. And I know for a fact, obviously, James, I was sacrificing a number of things. I was sacrificing more followers. I was sacrificing um, showing all these places, you know, different places I'd gone. Again, a lot of them can be good things. I was probably, I maybe sacrificed new friends that I could have made by staying right. on that platform. But what I gained instead was a better marriage, um, more present time with my kids. And, and, in terms of my prioritiz prioritization, it's like those are at the top. It's it's you know my marriage to my wife Lauren, my fatherhood, and so I had to be willing to say like there are some friends I'll probably never get to meet because I'm not on social media, but that's okay because these things are better. And so your question on the benefits, um, a number of benefits, a number trade offs, right? It's like life mm -hmm. is all about trade offs. A lot of things that I gave up. Um, my dad says because my dad has a few books and, you know, my dad calls it giving up something you like to gain something you love. Um, and I really, really liked social different aspects about social media, but I've come to love these other things that I've gained in the process. Um, one thing which might seem, obviously it's not TikTok, it's not Snapchat, it's not as readily, you have to work at it and cultivate it, but my online newsletter. So um, like I said, I have Quill Creative um, and in the fall of, uh, 2020, I believe I launched the porcupine. Um, so the porcupine kind of a play on quill, uh, uh, is my biweekly newsletter. Yeah, there you go. The link. And I've loved that medium. Uh, and I, if there's any push, anyone listening to this, I mean, man, that online new Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. when you're on all these other platforms, it's like you are, you're playing in someone else's playground, you know, right. YouTube, you do not make up those rules. There is a governing body over these organized businesses. They set the rules. They, it's their term, Chris Martin, it's their terms of service. Um, no one can take an email list from you, you know, and it might be slower in uh, acquiring those emails and it might start with your parents and then it might be your friends and family. And you might start with a few dozen email addresses. But when you're pumping a email newsletter into someone's inbox, to me, I just think it's a more, um, it provides a more personal one-on-one -on -one connection or at least the possibility of a connection. Um, so for instance, you know, when I send out the porcupine, I mean, how many followers would you, would you say or think that I have James? Oh, I don't know. Uh, gosh, I don't know. How, how long you say you've been doing it? Um, close to two years. Maybe a thousand. Am I over under? I mean, where am I at? You're over it's under, but the point is, is that the number doesn't matter because for all, you know, I could have 500, I could have 50,000. Um, but you don't see that. You don't see how many subscribers. All you right. see is an email that comes to your inbox and you get to see what I've been reading lately, the podcast that I've been enjoying, 
um, uh, which you know I'm, I'm going to include uh, the Gen Z podcast now. And well, thank you. Uh, I yeah, that. yeah, yeah. You'll get a plug in the porcupine. Um, and so that's been a really cool thing, man. Um, uh, there, there are other benefits, but Do you think that that's another question that when you were talking about the benefits and you, you know getting off of mental health, you think when they go to cold turkey, if they're pulling themselves off for a brief time just to kind of see the benefit, you think you could, you think some people are going to have the same effect of addicts that get that kind of have to be weaned off, you know, that they have that terrible few days uh, the only thing that i've ever experienced like this is when you know i did kind of a fasting diet away from uh you know refined sugars and stuff like that and hey man i want to tell you the first couple of days there was headaches and stuff so i'm thinking do we have that same kind of effect on social media because of the way it it stimulates our brain and stuff yeah i'd say yes and no i think that um some of those uh, you know, some of those hard stuff, be it caffeine, be it drugs, be it alcohol, you know, those, those are so chemically altering on a biological level that, you know, you are headaches, sweating, all these things. I think to go cold turkey or to give up social media, it is more mental and emotional. You know, it's like where someone who gives up uh, uh, drugs or alcohol might break out in cold sweat or have like actual biological withdrawals, social media, you might have that like on the mental or emotional at the start of like, I'm missing out on so much, but yeah. what's on the other side of those cold sweats? What's on the other side of those? Um, you know, what's, um, what's on the other side of alcoholism, sobriety and ask any, ask any alcoholic who then is living and thriving in sobriety. Um, if they would Man, yeah, this is getting this is getting deeper. Uh, but of course, an alcoholic is always an alcoholic. You know, it's like they they know that about you know um, the truest ones with themselves know that to be true. Um, is that temptation always there? Absolutely. But many of them who have attained sobriety for an extended period of time have then experienced the benefits tenfold. You know, of sober living. Uh, um, you know, it's like. Uh, uh, you know, it's like, I love hip hop music and Jack Harlow just came out with his album and, and he specifically doesn't drink. And he, he's in an interview, uh, he says, because he wanted to feel everything, you know, and um, I think that like that line, even as it relates to social media, it's like, oh, I want to thrive in my personal relationships. And it's so hard because social media is going, we got your personal relationships right here. And it's like, you do, but you really wow. don't. Um no, uh, that's 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 a good insight there at the end on that. You'll find the true relationships. You'll find the true friendships uh, beyond this. I have a friend who who wrote a book called The Power of Who, Bob Bodine, and and Bob talks about the fact that the reason he didn't talk about the power of friendships is that apps such as Facebook have diminished the word friend so much that we could wow. say, "Oh, I have two thousand friends." No, you don't. You don't yeah. have any friends on this stuff. So yeah. how can our audience uh, connect with you to learn more about what you do? We got this site mm -hmm. here. Is this? Yeah. Follow the porcupine. Um, I would love to, um, I would love if you uh, follow that link, put in your email. Um, I shoot that out biweekly. And if um, uh, 
um, and, and reply to that email. You know, I, if anything oh. sticks out to you, I would love to keep that conversation. Yeah. That's something with email newsletter. You just click reply like a regular email. Hey, Will, thanks for that book recommendation or whatever. Um, we'd love to connect. But you also help you. folks write books as well too, don't you? Yeah, yeah, totally. So, uh, writemybooks.com. Um, so my friend Alex Emchek and I co uh, are co-founders of Streamline Books, um, is the name of our company. Uh, we have writemybooks.com is an easy to remember. It'd be kind of like if you typed in just do it.com, it would take you to Nike. So, uh, Streamline Books is, is great. I know you mentioned, yeah, we'll, this is kind of a visual world we're in and you guys are slinging books. And um, uh, what I will say to that is that they're short books. So we understand that that tension span really, you know, the three, 400 page book, man, even though I'm a reader, I love to read and, and I've read those books. I've also trudged through some of those books where you get to the end and you think, man, that probably could have been 30 or 40 pages. So, <laughs> so we help authors, leaders, write and kind of streamline their message, take out the fluff that maybe some different traditional publishing companies are saying, hey, let's add some padding here. And if the author is going, I don't want to add padding, like this is it. That's kind of how gouges and there's not a lot of fluff in there. It's pretty straight to the point. So mm -hmm. um, streamline books at writemybooks.com is Alex and I's business. And if you or anyone um, you know uh, uh, has a book in them, we would love to talk and uh, make make your book a reality. Well, thank you for being our guest today as a part of our social media series on giving some perspective on what it means and, and what the benefits are of, of pulling yourself off of it. So I think an encouragement or a challenge, this would be a better way of wording it, a challenge to our audience is maybe just take that first step of pulling off for a little bit. And then by doing that, show them that there is a better way. Because I'm sitting here thinking as I'm going through you know, I got two that are still at home. I'm thinking, how do I pull? Well, one is not on social media, but how do I encourage the the older one to to pull themselves off? Uh, mm -hmm. of yeah, that in some ways. Turn right to turn left, man. I think I think that that's it. I think it's um, how can we, you know, as an older generation, just model of you know, teach them how to long for the sea, teach them how to long for those real friendships, like you mentioned, mm -hmm. and and that's where I think long lasting. It's not a quick fix. That's not an overnight thing. But I think that that um, is where society hope is, is, is in a more hopeful place down the line. Well, thank you for again. Audience, thank you for hanging with us this long. Someone that you know needs to hear this episode, needs to see this broadcast. So please like, share, and comment on this. And we'll see you guys again next week on the Gen Z show. Thank you for joining us on the Gen Z Show and being a part of our community. Please subscribe to our channels on YouTube and on your favorite podcast app. Follow us too on Instagram and Facebook to get weekly updates. Until our next show, have a blessed day.